Today on Locked On Red Wings, we cover the potential offensive trade candidates on the Red Wings, and we also preview that matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, Scotty, also host at Lockdown Tigers. And as we speak, it is 2.20 in the morning because I just got home from the Tyler, the Creator concert. That was a crazy concert. Um, I'm drinking a Coke at 2.20 in the morning. And Scotty, also host at Lockdown Tigers, might have baseball to talk about soon. Knock on wood, baby uh maybe no it's uh yeah if i'm if i'm looking at my phone during uh during recording a lot it's uh we got i got a live feed of updates here i got my my phone blowing up every 10 minutes with updates from like 90 different people so it's it's uh it's it's a lot i, I got uh, we got a lot going on at, to at the be present fair, scotty half those texts are just me flirting with you in the middle of recording <laughs> Oh yeah, when I look down, it's not me just texting you, going, "You look cute today, buddy." <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, anyways, Scotty, we're gonna talk about that offensive. Oh, you made a face. So I'm gonna be making a lot of faces. You're yeah, just gonna have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah the lot. Of, I just got an update on the the new imposed luxury tax and and whether that's being agreed upon and the new something about shift restrictions. I saw. Yeah, now they're. They're bringing shift restrictions into it. There's a lot. There's a lot going on, but we're 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 rolling. We're balling. Well, as the uh, trade deadline approaches for the Red Wings as well, we got a lot to talk about with that. We've co- we've covered the defense and the goaltending, and today we're gonna touch on the forward group, the forward core. There's three free agents in this class coming up, and we're gonna discuss who those players are and what possibly the Red Wings could be getting back for them. And uh, then at the end of the, the game, or at the end of the game, the end of the show, like always, guys, I forgive me, it's 2.20 in the morning. I just worked a 14 and a half hour day. But we ball nonetheless. We're going to power through this. We ball. We ball. Um, we're going to cover the matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes and preview that. First, Scotty, when it comes to this forward core and that crop of upcoming free agents, you know, upcoming free agents used as a term as trade bait, essentially, the number one guy who stands out is, of course, and we've mentioned it, and we we haven't wanted to talk about the reality that it is, but Vladislav Nemesnikov being, what, 30 years old, maybe 31 years old. He's at almost half point per game here. Let me pull it up real quick here. Oh, no. Oh, no, Scotty. Uh, Vlad Nemesnikov, he's, uh, he's a hockey player for the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> have to hit some uh, men on the form. He uh he he's currently been he's got some work at the top line uh but now he's probably back down to mostly the third line. You can stop filling. I got it. I got oh, it. Okay. I got it. <laughs> you have to jump back and forth between individual and rates to get the stats that you need. Yeah, um, making me go off the dome. I got a million. Yeah, things you got it. You're good. You're good. You're good. Uh, in thirteen and fifty-one games played, he's got thirteen goals and he's got sixteen assists for a total of twenty-three points near half point per game, which is what he's been flirting with all season. 
career-wise, that's been what he is. And for a player that's 29, 30 years old, you know, right at the at the peak of his prime, and it's it's only going to last a year or two more. He is the most likely trade candidate. You can, like you said, Scotty, you could place him anywhere in the lineup, and he is going to produce. There is an there is a not a team in the NHL that could not use a guy like Vladislav Nemestikov, and that's why he is going to be the most attractive trade piece for the Red Wings come trade deadline, especially because, and I hate to say this, but we we love Vladislav Nemestikov here in Detroit. We really do. But unfortunately, losing him via trade also doesn't hurt you short term as much as it does long term either. It, it, he's a guy you can you can fill in if you have to. It sucks he's going to lose him because you can put him anywhere, but you have a, a, a huge ton of huge ton. You had a lot of Fords that can fill roster spots right now if you lose Vladislav Mestikov while also getting a decent return back for him. Yeah, for sure. No, he, um, he, as, as as much as it pains me to say, he he is a, a one of the more expendable pieces on this roster because he's not young enough where you look at him and you go, okay, he's part of the long term plan like the rest of the youth core. And um, at the end of the day, he's a half point a game player. And though though when you're on an expiring deal, you're you're, you're putting up half a point a game. And you're you're older than the core that is currently established by by I, I mean borderline a decade for some of them right that that makes it a very viable and and a, a player that in hockey terms is very easy to get rid of. Yeah, and with his when you talk about like the more advanced metrics like expected goals for percentage, he sits at forty five point seven five, which means when he's on the ice, the the, the team produces 45% of the quality scoring or quality shots taken in the game. Well, that means the, the opponent takes 55%. Now, that seems bad because you want it to be 50% or over, but when you look at the, the Red Wings' expected goal for, goals for percentage overall, it sits at 45%. So she's right on par with what the Red Wings are doing overall. When you look at his uh, relative numbers, I believe – I'm going off the top of my head here while I wait for the sub- submission to go. He's like negative 0.33. So it's it's very minimal, the impact he's having uh, off the ice versus on the ice. He, he's just, that is the player that Vlad Nemesnikov is. He's a guy exactly like I was saying. You can slide anywhere in the lineup, and he's going to um, fit in comfortably. And you put him on a better team, he's going to look better. You put him on a worse team, he's going to still look fine. He's not I mean, this is a Detroit Red Wings team that's been flirting with 500 all season long. And all of his statistics, half point per game, ex- uh, relative expected goals for four percentage of basically zero. You know, his course is expected goals for percentage is right on par with the Red Wings as a team. Like, that is the type of player he is. He is going to fit in no matter where you slot him on any team. And that's why, realistically, you probably get the most out of a guy like Vlad Nemestikov, especially with a guy just as likable as Vladimir Mestikov is. I don't, that's not going to add much to his trade value, but he's not going to be a problem in any locker room you add him to, which leads me to my next question, Scotty, like for a guy like Vladimir Mestikov, what are you expecting to get back, especially on that expiring deal? Uh, I'd, if we got a notification that said Vlad for a man, it's tough. I I'd be, I'd be thrilled with a second. I'd I'd understand the value of a third. 
Yeah. See, I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm trying to push, obviously we've talked a lot about our biases and I'm a huge Vlad Domestikov fan ever since he's joined the Red Wings. I'm trying to pull it, push my biases out the window. And you know, he's got, he's only got a few more months left on his contract that pays him $2 million a year. I, I struggle to see him even get netting a third round pick right now. And I guess it depends on what the market is set at, but I think a fourth round pick, if it was a straight like player for a draft pick, Fourth round pick is probably realistically what you could get for a guy like that. Now, Eisenman's known for his fleecings, but like if I'm trying to put a value on a guy like Vlad Mestikov, fourth round pick is where it's at because he's a guy on an expiring deal who's a half point per game player. Like it's nothing wowing you. Now, we can talk about hypothetical if you package him and whatnot, you could probably get a higher deal and like take contract back. But if you're looking one for one trade, player for pet draft pick, a fourth, or maybe if you want to, a fifth and a sixth. Like that, that's where I just pin his value. Maybe. A third, if you trade him to our, you know, a team that's horrible at making trades, like the Vegas Golden Knights, which is just handing out draft picks. But I mean, I, it's hard to find a team that also a needs depth scoring like that. Most most teams that trade deadlines go out to acquire that final piece, not necessarily depth guys, and they do occasionally require, uh, you know, acquire depth guys. Like Patrick Nemeth got traded to the Avalanche just last year, but it's not very frequent. Yeah, no, I, he's, like I said, if, if you're talking about all the dudes on the offense, Vlad is is easily the most expendable. I, and yeah. it, it sucks to say because everyone loves him. You know, I don't, I don't mean expendable in a, in a personal way. but in, in He just pure, has the most value. In pure hockey sense, he, I, I mean, most value, I, I guess, of the pieces that are on the block, maybe. I mean, like, all the obviously. pending he, UFAs, you know. Sure, sure. Um, he, he's just the, the, he's the easiest to move. It, yeah. it, he, he makes the most sense to move on from, uh, out of, out of pretty much anybody I would argue on the entire roster, offense, defense, goalies all put together. Vlad's situation is, is comfortably the, the easiest to part ways with and actually get a decent return from that being said, I'd rather see them sign an extension, but that's just my bias talking. Uh, BetOnline.net. Football might be over for the season, but hockey is in full swing for both pro and college hockey. That Michigan Wolverines ranked second heading into the tournament. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to be, next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online. Bet online. Where the game starts. All right, Scott, we talked about Vlad Domestikov and how he's likely the most, the most likely candidate to get traded just because if the deal he's on, his performance this season, um, just his, his production – but there are two other players who are in expiring de- deals, which would make them attractive trade targets. And I'm talking about Sam Gagne and Carter Rowney. Uh, Carter Rowney, obviously, this year was signed to the con- contract to be a depth forward. He just came off of uh, injury. He actually had a pretty like advanced, analytically impressive game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Had like a 60 goals, four percentage. I don't know what was going on with that one, Scotty. I, I that one, that one baffles me. Uh, the, um, the players are calling it a night, by the way. So I'm all yours for for the rest of the show. Oh, so it's not happening? Okay. 
I, I have been telling people for months now that this made up February 28th deadline is made up. The owners made it up. It's not real. There's no court out there that's like, oh, the season has, you have to have a deal by the 28th. This was fabricated by the owners as a negotiation tactic. It is not real. It has never been real. In 1990, there was a lockout. And in that lockout, they got a deal done two weeks after the owners, oh, it has to be done by now or else we're not playing a full 162. And they still played a full 162. They just delayed opening day by a week. It has never been real. And they just said today that the players are going home. The owners are are, are going home, well, to their hotels. They're going to power nap for like five, six hours, come back tomorrow. And uh, now the deadline is magically 5 p.m. tomorrow. Oh, whoop-dee-doo. It's almost like I know what I'm talking about. So, no deal tonight, but I, I, I actually am, am – fairly confident that there will be a deal by 5 p.m. tomorrow yeah Back I to mean, if, if they're gonna move the deadline till 5 p.m. tomorrow it seems pretty obvious that there's a, yeah. de- a deal you coming by 5 p.m. Tomorrow. all of your leverage with the deadline bs too all yeah. of it and they so, wouldn't do that they wouldn't play that hand and and lose all that leverage unless a deal was close yeah thank and the deal you feels close back to hockey back to to vlad and how much we love him uh, yeah, we love Vlad, uh, Carter Rowney and Sam Gagne are the other two team players that are going to be free agents. Just other guys who are just depth forward pieces that could go to a team that maybe needs one or two more guys that they're struggling with injury problems, but they, let's be honest, those two guys don't have a lot of value. If I recall correctly, we got Sam Gagne out of a, you know, he was a, a player we got back out of selling another player off. I can't quite remember the trade that happened. I might be completely off base. Sam Gagne. Uh, I, I believe we got him out of a trade. And he was just a secondary piece that we got. And he stuck around as a guy that we've liked. I, I could be completely off base on that one as I don't recall correctly. And I don't have it up in front of me right now. But yeah, it, it's these, they're, they're guys, you know, they're bodies, they're warm bodies. And so even though they're expiring deals, I don't expect them to be very attractive trade pieces here at the deadline. So if you were to get anything at all for them, I wouldn't expect it to be very much. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, you're talking about dudes that are that are fourth line wingers for a team that's over uh, under 500, like, uh, you know what I mean? You're, you're and is are not necessarily youths either. Uh, you're, yeah. So I, I, I don't expect too much out of uh, out of those guys, but Vlad is definitely a big one. If you had to to name, I have mine like an under-the-radar Anthony Mantha-type shock-the-world deal. Do you have uh, – do, do you have uh, – and I'm not – obviously, this is pretty much setting ourselves up for failure because these won't happen and they're total shots in the dark. But Dylan anyone, Larkin. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's be – mine is Burt. No, that's not – see, and I, before the season started, you wouldn't get a lot of hate for that because I think a lot of people had a mindset that – Tyler Bertuzzi was possibly a movable trade piece come the deadline this season, but he's gone out there and absolutely he's not getting traded. No, there's no way he's but, proven himself as a cornerstone of this team. If you had to exact, and I a hundred percent agree. I'm just saying if, if there was like a, like a dark horse candidate for you, Bert's situation 
even with the great season he's had, his, his contract situation and all that still sets yourself up for the ability to move him if you wanted to. And the return for that would have to be insane, and he's not getting traded. But of the of the more solidified people on the team that aren't on expiring deals, uh, if you were forced to rank the odds of those guys being traded, I mean, Burt would certainly be higher than than Larkin plus the rookies. So I actually do have a legit answer. Larkin was obviously me just messing around with you. Um, but this one's kind of based on recent history, and I, I, I think there's actually some sense to this one, and that's Robbie Fabry. Uh, just signed that shiny new extension for $4 million a year. He go to a team that's looking for an effective offensive production player who is on a, a solid contract. I mean, it's $4 million a year for a guy who's at 26 years old and is also, you know, another guy who's producing at about half point per game. He's been a, he's been a top six winger and can also slide in at center if need be. I mean, you look at the, you know, they signed a guy, Tom, they did the same thing with Thomas Tatar and Anthony Manta. They signed him to extensions and then dealt them for a haul. You got a first, a second, and a third round pick from the uh, Vegas Gold Knights for Thomas Tatar in what was Ken Holland's best trade of his entire GM career, maybe best trade in his entire GM career, definitely up there. Then Steve Eisenman extends Manta, deals him to the Washington Capitals for Jacob Vrana, a first, I think a third, and Richard Panic. And I mean, part of those those draft picks you got back were because of, you know, taking on Panic's contract. Salary, yeah. But I mean, you're looking at a guy with Robbie Fabry who's got three new years on his contract coming up here um, at $4 million a year, who's 26 years old in the prime of his career and is an effective top six winger. You can get a first round pick for a guy like Robbie Fabry because, I mean, that's an attractive trade piece for a team that's looking to, you know, have their window open for the next few years. For sure. I, I think um, the difference being if you were to compare it to the Mantha situation, um, the Red Wings as a team were on the outside of their competitive window looking in. And I think the belief it, the Fabry extension happened because they now believe that this is year one of, okay, like we're trying to be competitive again. And again, I guess I'm rebuttaling two things that aren't going to happen. And, and we're, you know what I mean? They're, they're, there are, they're, they're long shots and they're long shots for a reason. It was just the, for the sake of discussion, I, I just wanted to ask, but I mean, is it that much of a long shot though? Like, we, we, we would have said the same thing about Anthony Mantha last season. And then he got dealt. I said the same thing about Thomas Tatar three years ago. And I don't, now I'm not trying to say that, yeah, Robbie Fabry's going to be traded. But Robbie Fabry's 26 years old. By the time this team's ready to compete, is he really going to be a key, key part of this team? I mean, they must think so if they sign him to the extension, obviously. But I'm not I mean, saying he's, he's not, not off the table. No, no. I, I don't think anybody except Larkin and the rookies is off the table. Um, you got a guy with a relative goals for percentage of six, an expected goals for percentage relative of 7.53. So on this team, when he's on the ice, he compared to when he's off the ice, he's producing seven more scoring chances. Like he's, he's a positive impact on a team that's, you know, a game or two below 500. I mean, that's an attractive player for a team that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I, I think. I, I mean, he's what twenty six, and you asked, 26. oh, if if he's going to be a relevant piece when the team's competitive again. I think the plan is to be competitive next year, dog. 
Like, I, I think, you know what I mean? I, I don't think we're looking, I don't think this is the, the rebuild years anymore. I don't think we're looking like, oh, we need to make moves for two, three years down the road or else we'd be selling off anybody for any pick. True. I, true. I think, I think the belief is, is next year we kick this thing and, and make a playoff run next season. And, uh, with that, I, I think you extending Fabry and then moving him. I mean, he's, as you said, he's been fantastic trading your, your 26 year old second line winger when, when you're trying to be competitive next year for, for, you know, picks, I guess you could say the same thing about Burton and his situation, but his contract situation is a little different. I don't know. Like, like we said, this was, this, this, that was just me bringing that up for like, Oh, if there was an under, we obviously, we all know that the expiring contracts are all going to be on the table. So I was more just wondering if there was anything off. I mean, Suter is one too. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah, he's one of one. I I think is is very feasible. Uh, on his pre Guelph line being formed was was not very productive. Guelph line happens. That whole line has now been productive. Uh, the only problem is the Wings have like the shallowest center depth in the history of mankind. And I'm not sure that even on a selling team, even if you're selling pieces, I'm not sure you can afford to, to, to dish a center, even, even on a year that you're kind of throwing in the towel on. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a heck of a deadline, baby. No, I I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't, I don't know the Red Wings are going to be that active. Uh, we've talked to, we've talked now we've broken down. Like there's only like real realistically two trade pieces on this team that are any attractive. And that's Nick Letty and Vladislav Nemestikov. There's a bunch of other what if scenarios that could take place. But like you said, Scotty, this is the, f- what feels like the final year of the true rebuild. It feels like because of the massive step they took forward, th- there's not a lot of trading that's going to take place here in this, this off season or sorry, this trade deadline. So I think that it's going to be a pretty quiet deadline. And we're, we're far from done talking about the trade deadline. It's still three weeks away. But like, this is like our first first thoughts on who's going to get dealt. Um, we also got to talk to you guys about the Carolina Hurricanes that's coming up here uh, tonight. Uh, but tonight. Before, before we get to that, got to talk to you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the parts only part brand their uh, warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Rockauto prices are reliably low for every con- uh, customer, almost at every country. Uh, they have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you will ever need, rockauto.com. .com. Scotty, the Detroit Red Wings are going to face off against those Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, as I say in uh, the cold open that didn't get that that isn't airing for this game big uh, episode because uh, I butchered it. Um, yeah, I think this is what the f- is this the first time they're meeting this season? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me let me let me look. Let me. Look. Okay. I don't recall. Uh, it is uh, not. The they Carolina play- Hurricanes are a team. Play- they played oh, okay. December sixteenth, uh, and the Hurricanes won five to three. 
Um, Who scored in that game? Do you have you a box score? If it's going to make me pull the box score, no, no, no. If it's a hassle, if it's a hassle, don't no, worry it's about fine. it. I was I just trying it. to remember. I was trying to jog my memory. Uh, the dog, Sam Gagne, uh, Dylan Larkin, and Tyler Bertuzzi. Gagne. Gagne I've scored no selection of this game. Uh, happened two days before the Devils game where uh, Larkin had his first career hat trick. Right. I remember that game. And that was the last game before the COVID shutdown. All right, cool. So this is our second game against Carolina. Uh, put up three in the first. Uh, gave up five, though. I remember it vividly. Really, really uh, crazy game. Uh, who? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> You're so we're ridiculous. Both, we're both so exhausted. Um, the uh, um, goaltending situation. Who, who's in net uh, tonight, Brian? Oh, dude, that is it. That is the question. Um, honestly? You got to go, Grice. Like, Nadukovic is continued to play, like, bad lately. Like, straight up bad. And um, Grice is, you know, the tr- he's another UFA who we've talked about. You kind of can put him on display, although he had a really piss-poor performance in relief of Alex- Alexander Nadukovic. But, like, I feel like this is Grice's time to, sh- time, to- time to shine here where he can really prove what he's got, maybe get a suitor at the trade deadline for a team that needs a backup goaltender because there are teams out there that need backup goaltenders uh, here ahead of the trade deadline. So I feel like it's going to be Grice. I... And, of course, I'll be wrong, but... <laughs> I I kind of want to go net. It's, it's tough, man, because after that performance against Toronto, my faith is shaking. Grice was not good either. <laughs> Grice had the second period. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Like, it's tough to choose because they both were really bad. Yeah, exactly. I don't, it is, man. Nadelkovich's save percentage on the season is down to 903. Like, it's, it's fallen off. Like, remember at one point it was close to 920, and he's been struggling lately, and it's, it's showing up on the stat sheet, man. It's, it has not been. He has not been as good. Like we were talking about him being in the Calder conversation again. And as of late, he just hasn't been as good. Now this, and by no means am I selling him down the river. Like, am I like giving up on Alexander Nedeljkovic? He's a young goaltender. Well, young by goaltender standards. Who's hit a rough patch in his rookie in air quotes season. He's not used to this kind of workload. This isn't the kind of workload he's used to. He's already played. I think he's already played more games than he did last year with the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, he only played 23 games last year for the Hurricanes. So he's already played 14 more games than he's used to. The workload's probably getting to him, as they do a lot of young players in the league. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Made me lose faith in in Ned as a, as a future piece to this team. Like, I, none of this has, has made that waiver. For me, I, I, I still fully think that uh, that that Ned can be a, a. I still have Ned Kosa. That that's the goaltending situation of the future. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. this this has not changed my my opinion of uh, Ned going forward. But in in the present, he's been um I don't know, man. I, I think I. I think I'm going to go Ned, though, because you 
Oh my goodness. Maybe I don't. I think uh okay, I'm gonna go Ned. I'm gonna I'm locking in. I'm going Ned. I think that they want him to get back on Friday. They they want they you know, two periods. They weren't good. Grice had one period, he wasn't good. Um and I think they would rather because both of their last outings were bad. They would rather go with the kid. I I hear you, man. I just don't know. It's really, you know what? I will say this though. We we got to remember who the Red Wings are playing against. We're talking about who's going to start against Carolina. This is Ned's team. Like this is definitely a prove it game for you. So you know what? I'm going to change my answer solely because of that. Like there's no, I would find it so hard if Jeff. I mean, I I can't get into the mind of Jeff Blashill. So I that that's that's a tough one, but. It feels like putting Nadelkovich in that against his old team, the team that traded him because they didn't want to give him the money, would be the perfect, like, this is your chance to prove them wrong. And they already he already was in that, I believe, the first time that they played each other, you know, back yeah, in December. Yeah, I remember it really well. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I hate you so much, Scotty. But, you know, these are the types of games where, like, this is your prove it, man. This is your chance to prove them wrong for what they did. And they didn't want to pay you, and they traded a rookie who was a Calder finalist. So yeah, I you know I'm changing my answer solely based on that. That it's got to it's got to be net. You know, there's going to be other games before the trade deadline for Grice to prove himself here and, and get himself a suitor. But like I feel like it's got to be net just based on the fact that a he's playing suitor? the team that gave up. Maybe a pew suitor. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> get it? No, I can't wait. Can you explain it to me? Okay, so you said suitor. Yeah. And then I said Pew Suter. Yeah. So the name sounds like Suter. Like S U I T O R? Yeah, that's what you said. I... <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? This is a dead, dumb bit. Um, anyways, so we've discussed the goaltending situation now. Carolina Hurricanes, who are what? third in their division first holy cow where have they first in the metropolitan division they're so good um what's going to be the x factor in this game i mean the red the red wings are coming off two bad losses one loss where i said that they had no defense and then the second loss where the defense got even worse against the toronto maple leafs what is the x factor in this game and i feel like i just set you up for the answer uh i mean it's pretty much impossible to not say the goaltending after you gave up 10 goals. Or, I guess, the defense. One, sure, the defense. You pick one, I'll there pick the go. other. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> the defense, the defense. I guess. Like, you just gave up 10, dog. In a game where you scored seven. So, clearly, the offense is is, is not the problem. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to come down to every defender who, who doesn't have – cider on the back of the jersey that's that's pretty much my x factor from now and for the rest of the season probably yeah and if you're gonna go with the defenseman i'm gonna go with the goaltender well no matter what goaltender is gonna be in that they gotta play a better game than they did uh on saturday against toronto and the game before that on wednesday against colorado like you just you cannot continue to let in goals at the clip that you're doing like if this team if this team is serious about remaining competitive and pushing for the playoffs like they say they are they they can't lose games like this the way they have been. It's just not it's not sustainable. No, and it I mean, yeah, ten goals not sustainable. Yes, I, I completely agree with that take. Good take, Brian. Thank you. I, oh, I'm a I'm a good take machine. 
Uh, thanks, for making, thanks for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown Fantasy Hockey hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Scotty and I will be back well-rested with a game recap tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. <laughs>